the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We have uh, coming up in just, uh, oh, just a few minutes, we're going to talk with uh, a guest. This is a very, uh, very interesting conversation about last... uh, Oh, with the author of Under the Sun, which became a movie with Diane Lane. She's teamed up with National Geographic to do a book called Always Italy. And uh, and anyway, she's, she's a lot of fun, and uh, she trades her time between living in Tuscany and uh, living in North Carolina. Those things can't be uh, too different, but uh, anyway, we're going to get a chance to hear from her. Um did want to apologize that um uh sorry I had to cue something up there but uh last hour got a little bit turned around we were supposed to talk with the author of a book called um the rugged entrepreneur and uh, we confirmed earlier this week, and for some reason we didn't connect. And uh, that's the nature of live radio. So we heard instead, um, a little bit out of sequence, but uh, uh, a fun interview that I did with uh, Amra Sabish El Reyes about her book, um, The Cat With No Name. Um, interesting uh interesting story of of her experiences in the Middle East and then uh, moving to the United States and and carrying on. But anyway, we're going to get into it with 
my next guest here in a few minutes, but first we're going to squeeze in a little music before we go to that conversation with Francis Mays. Um, Flint's own Greg Nagy. Uh, from On a long, there you go. lonesome highway East of Omaha You can listen to the engine Morning out, it's one note song You can think about the woman Or the girl you knew the night before But your thoughts will soon be wandering Where they always do When you're riding 16 hours And there's nothing much to do You don't feel much like riding Just wish the trip were through See, here I am I'm on the road again There I am Upon the stage Here I go Playing a sad game There I go Strung out from the road And you feel the eyes upon you As you're shaking off the cold You pretend it doesn't bother you But you just want to explode Most times you can't hear them talk other times you can all the same old cliches is that a woman or a man you always seem outnumbered you don't dare make a stand well here I am on the road again There I am Up on the stage Here I go Playing the song again There I go You're a million miles away Every ounce of energy You try to give away As the sweat pours out your body Like the music that you play
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the work of my uh, next guest. She is uh, the author of Under the Tuscan Sun, um, and uh, now she's uh, recently published uh, a book that won the Lowell Thomas Award for Best Travel Guide of 2020. It's called Always Italy. She teamed up with National Geographic. Her name is Frances Mays, and she joins me now by phone. Francis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. I'm happy to be with you. Now, did I read that that you um, wrote Under the Tuscan Sun, the book and the movie with Diane Lane? I did not write. I did not write the movie. Okay. I just wrote the book. Um, I collaborated with Audrey Wells, who wrote the screenplay and and was the director. Uh, she came and stayed with me for a week, and we exchanged a lot of ideas. But ultimately, it was, you know, her movie, and she made some changes from the book, which I knew would happen. But um, I liked the movie. I liked what she did with it. You've written a lot of books, and and most, if not all of them, seem to be about Italy. What's up with Italy, Frances? <laughs> <laughs> I did write a southern novel called Swan and a southern memoir, and I'm writing another novel right now set in the South, but uh, Italy just grasped my imagination very early on. I went there out of college after having studied Renaissance art and architecture, just wanting to, you know, see the things I had studied in art, so... I really went there for the art, but the first morning I was there, I was in Bologna, and I caught on immediately to this kind of amazing vivacity to Italian life, and people seemed to be having so much fun, and then I 
kept going back, kept going back, got deeper into the cuisine, the wine, more of the art, more of the architecture. But I guess uh, I have stayed a fan of Italy all these years because of the people. I I always feel like I go back because I love the Italian people. They're gracious and warm. I mean, they're crazy people there, too, and awful people there, too. But most of them, it seems to me, are uh, just unbelievably welcoming. And in my two years of research for Always Italy, this amazes me. I only encountered one rude person out of all the hundreds and hundreds of people I met along the way. So I think that says a whole lot about uh, Italy in general and certainly explains my attraction to it. What What is the weather like? Do they have lots of different weather the way we do here in the U.S.? Yes, you know, Italy's not that big. It's the size of Arizona, but it has those intense dolomite mountains in the north and then way down in Sicily or almost to Africa. So it's a, a long, skinny country, so there is uh, quite an amazing difference in the weather. I live in Tuscany, and oddly enough, the Tuscan weather is quite similar to where I live here in North Carolina. It has mild winters, hot summers. It just depends. Um, and so much of Italy is coast, so there's usually a coastal breeze, but it gets hot in the summer, really hot, almost all over Italy. And um, we even have a snow or two in Tuscany once every couple of years. But I think, you know, you get down to Rome, you're almost in the ideal climate from there on down. I've had dinner outside on New Year's Eve in Rome. It's just this beautiful, mild climate. And how did you come to, how did your love affair with Tuscany begin? I guess it goes back to my passion for the Renaissance art because that was where I first went in Tuscany because I wanted to study the art of the Renaissance there. And um, by chance, I rented a house with some friends in Tuscany. It was in the country, actually near Cortona, where I now live. And we rented this house for a month and just took day trips all over Tuscany, even over into Le Marquet and Umbria and down to Rome. We just traveled constantly that month. By the end of staying there that month and cooking dinners in this big old rustic kitchen and eating outside, I felt I just fell into this rhythm of country life that I adored. And I left there at the end of that month thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but somehow I'm going to have part of my life take place in Italy. So for a few years after that, I rented places and looked around and finally put down all my life savings on this uh, rundown house in Cortona. And it was one of the best things I've ever done, although everyone told me I was crazy at the time. <laughs> at that time, nobody did this, but now people rent villas all over the place and quite a few people own foreign property. But back then, this was 30 years ago, uh, I didn't know anyone who was crazy enough to do this. <laughs> More with author Francis Mays, straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More with author Francis Mays, straight ahead. How did you get teamed up with National Geographic? Well, I've written so many books about Italy. I guess they were familiar with them. And they actually called me. They, they contacted me and asked if I would be interested in doing a photo book with them because that's something kind of new to me. I've done a couple of photo texts around Tuscany and food, but this was all 20 regions of Italy with the you know great resources of National Geographic photographers. So oh, yeah. I thought it sounded great to do this. And it's such a big project with so much research. I asked them if I could uh, bring aboard a, a co-author who could help me. And they said yes, so I got to invite my friend, Ondine Cohane, who lives in Tuscany, to co-author this with me. So we had a grand time. We traveled for two years, not together, because there was so much to cover, but uh, we had a really good collaboration. We have different interests, so there was this nice complimentary thing going on. She's interested in very heavy-duty outdoor activities, such as marathon running, and traveling with children and design, and I'm more into the food, the art, the literature, archaeology. So it was really a great collaboration. We had a good time, and we both, I think, learned from each other. In the in the process of, of researching and and planning the contents for this, uh, for this book, you had um, explored Italy quite a bit on your own, but did you find yourself going to and discovering new places that you hadn't been? Were there some some fun surprises in, in putting this book together? Constant surprises. I had, as you said, traveled quite a bit in Italy. I had recently written a book called See You in the Piazza, which was new places to discover in Italy, small towns all over Italy. But that book just kind of whetted my appetite to see the Italy that I hadn't seen before, and I'd seen a good bit of it, but Italy is endless. So I was very keen to go to places I had never been, like the Valle d'Aosta, way up north. I had never been to Calabria, Abruzzo, uh, Molise, Basilicata. So there was still a lot to, to discover. And even in places I had been, of course, um, you don't know everything, so... It was great to go back to revisit places that I, I loved. I found so many places I could live. I uh, felt rather unfaithful to my hometown of Cortona because I was almost ready to move off to Trento or Lecce or other places that seemed like ideal places to live. I, I was I was going to ask if if anybody if uh, any of the places that you explored uh, could could drag you away from Tuscany. Well, they do drag me away. I I just have this <laughs> total travel bug now. Writing these two books intensified it. There's so many places I can't wait to go back to. The south of Sicily, I absolutely adore. There's this beautiful town called Sheetley that hardly anyone ever goes to. It's a little Baroque town. People go to uh, Noto and, and, and Ragusa and uh, 
other little other towns in the south of Sicily that built up after the 18th century earthquake. So they're total Baroque towns. But here's this little one over on the coast. It's over near, um, did you ever read uh, the Camilleri Montalbano detective novel? No. They're set over there. It's a TV series, too. Uh-huh. So people who go to that part are probably going just to see the Montalbano scenes, uh, you know, because they've loved the books or the TV show. But sure. uh, other than that, it's pretty pretty deserted down there. And Chicli's this jewel box, Baroque town. I mean, that is what I was after with both of these books, is, is finding these places that just send you, you know, over the moon. They're so fabulous and finding those that you don't really come across that much in uh, in the guidebooks that are hitting the high spots, which, of course, if you've only been a time or two to Italy, you might want to just go to Venice, Florence, Rome, Siena, uh, Naples, a few places like that. But I love getting uh, into the country, into meeting people, finding out what it is in that landscape that makes them the way they are. Why are they so nice? What, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, why is the food so good? All these questions that come up. Now, I want to talk about the food, but you, but you said that you were um, originally drawn to Italy by art and architecture. What was it about the art and architecture of Italy that that drew you there to begin with? Well, Italy is packed. It has more, uh, like, UNESCO World Heritage Sites. It's got a large percentage of Western art. So I already knew it was this treasure box that I could never get to the end of. So that that was really what drew me there at first, and I still haven't gotten to the end of it. You go in any little town and there's a church and there's a fresco there you never heard of the artist and you're stunned because it's so beautiful i love the sense of discovery and i often find that discovery through art through architecture you come upon uh buildings in a certain place and you find out who the architect was you look him up and you think why have i never heard of this person he's amazing so i'm curious and I think curiosity is a great thing to drive uh, any travel, to, to be an active uh, active investigator of the place and to find out what makes it tick, not just exploring it passively. Um, we wanted in this book to to see Italy from the inside out, not, not as a passive outside-in type traveler, but right. to give... A reader the opportunity to, you know, get the cultural context, the music, the films made in that area, the books written in that area. So we tried to provide this really wide cultural context. Do you um, split? As well as all the great restaurants. <laughs> right, right. Well, we're, we're going to get to food in a minute. Um, did you, do you split your time between Italy and North Carolina? Normally, I'm there five or six months a year, and it's not in any particular, uh, you know, hunk of time. It's kind of what's going on in my life here with my books and so forth. 
But I, I really love to be there in the fall always. I was there this fall. I was able to go over because we have a olive oil business, and we were able to go uh, harvest our olives. Um, I always love being there at that time of year because it's this great agricultural connection to history. You feel like when you're out on those hillsides picking olives, you're doing what they've done for centuries in that same place. So that this is a connection that I seek every year. I love the harvest period. Um, just spring is a great time to go. We're almost always there in the spring. But I love traveling in the winter as well. You get to see a more authentic place than say when you go to uh, Venice in July and there are hordes of people there, horrors. But um, you go off season, you get to see more of the place as it uh, could be, should be, was, <laughs> and is at, still at times. Okay, a lot of places but, um, in I the... Try to, I, go ahead. I try to I go at you know, different times of year. Each season has its own pleasures well a lot of people in uh, in the united states love uh southern cooking here in the states um a lot of people love italian cooking here in the states but how do the two compare I think what mostly uh, comes to mind to me is the sense of hospitality around food and the sharing of food, uh, the uh-huh. kind of generosity at the southern table and the generosity at the Italian table. There's a real sense of abundance, um, whereas I might at a dinner here serve, um, you know, a first course a main course with a couple of vegetables, dessert, there will be many things on the table there. Um, it's not just limited to um, the kind of meal progression that I'm used to here. When I was growing up in the South, it was that way too, the sense of abundance. Uh, my Aunt Mary would have a ham and the chicken on the table along with six vegetables and the <laughs> cornbread and all that, and it's, that kind of reminds me of Italy, that particularly when there's a festival, um, the food is just never-ending. It's just a sense of celebration around food, I think, more than the actual food itself. It's the, the sharing of it and the exuberance around it. There are these sagras in the countryside. The sagra is a celebration of something. So there'll be a a sagra of wild boar. There'll be a sagra of um, cavallo nero, kale. There'll be a sagra of cherries. Whatever is in season is the cause for a party, a big celebration in the town. In Cortona, my town, we have the sagra della bisteca, the beefsteak sagra, where there's this immense grill set up in the park and everybody comes for a steak with rosemary. And then later there's a, a sagra of the fungi porcini, and there's an immense frying pan, the biggest frying pan in the world, they say. And these wonderful fresh mushrooms are sautéed and served over pasta. So that's a good sign to look for in Italy, sagra, sagra, because people are welcome to go. You pay 
a very minimal amount of money, and there's a feast, and you're at long tables with other people. So um, those kinds of things kind of reminded me of dinner on the grounds at the Methodist Church where I grew up. I felt a lot of connections between the South and, and Italy when I I first got there. Of course, Southern. I live in the South and in, in the United States, and a lot of Southern food has lightened up quite a bit by now. But um, it used to be pretty heavy duty. <laughs> are, are the the food offerings and and the food celebrations are they are they different from region to region because of what grows locally and naturally? Yes, absolutely. There be celebrations for a particular kind of pasta, uh, celebration for the uh, guinea hen, uh, brodetto celebrations over near the coast, the big fish stews. Uh, each region has many, many things that they celebrate, and anything's an excuse to throw a uh, sagra. <laughs> we have the sagra della in Cortona, we have the Sagra della Lumaca, if you can believe that. That's snails. Uh, for days, people go out and gather snails off castle walls and town walls, and then these snails are put in cornmeal to cleanse them for a few days. And then these snails are cooked in this huge vat with tomato sauce and other things. It's not like the French escargot. It's this hearty snail stew. So there's the Sagra della Lumaca. I imagine astonishing. I imagine you don't have to be there very long before you find a wine festival of some sort. Oh yes, yes, and uh, <laughs> it used to be that um, vineyards just made the wine. You didn't go there to taste anything and buy a T-shirt or a mug or anything. They they didn't have tastings in that way. That's changed quite a bit, and a lot of uh, the great vineyards have top architects design their vineyards now with great tasting rooms. You could always go to a vineyard. You could make an appointment and go there, and the winemaker would pour you sitting on top of his, one of the wine barrels. He could break open the wine, and you can certainly taste, but you had to make an appointment. That's changed, but in a lot of areas you still do that, like Friuli, which is an area for white wine that I adore. Um, mostly you you call the vineyard and the man comes in taking off his gloves, comes in off the fields and happy to pour for you and happy to tell you about the wines. With the global pandemic that's going on, has that interfered with your ability to go back and forth? Yes, um, it's interfered. Americans aren't allowed in Italy now, but there's a clause in the rules that say if you own a house, you can, quote, unquote, return to domicile. So I went back for the olive harvest, um, and I stayed two months. My husband and I stayed um, in our house in Cortona. We had to quarantine for two weeks, and then... Uh, it was pretty strict. People have complained here about lockdowns. They have no idea what lockdown is really like, the way it existed in Italy. I mean, you really had to fill out a form to go to the grocery store. You had to register that form with the police. You could not just 
you know, up and go anywhere. The lockdown was really strict, and they still had trouble. So, you know, the whole virus thing has been so hard on Italians because they're such sociable people. And they often have more than one generation living in the house. And so the, the older people were particularly vulnerable. There were, you know, we could talk about that all day. But in short, it, I think it's been particularly hard because Italians like to kiss and hug. They like to go to the piazza for coffee in the morning. And it was really a dream for people to be stuck at home. But we were so happy to be back in Italy, we didn't even care. We just worked on our garden and harvested the olives. And and then we were able to uh, stay two days in Rome before we came home. And that was a big treat to see empty Rome, clean Rome, beautiful, pristine Rome. That was so exciting. How do How do most people in Italy get by financially what what is employment like what what do most people do well, it varies all over the country of course there's big unemployment right now because of the virus and there was an unemployment problem before uh, there's a huge immigrant situation there because being so close to Africa it's possible for immigrants to get there illegally quite easily and Italians take them in with the best will in the world, I think. But after a while, it, 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 I, this immigrant problem really swamped Italy. They couldn't manage it. It's contributed to their economic problems, and they're trying desperately to work it out. But many economic problems in Italy, despite that, everything you see the standard of living is extremely high. I would say, in general, it's higher than here. People have a quality of life there, partly because uh, they don't have to pay for university. Their kids can go all over Europe free to universities. There's no charge for health care. So some of those really big-ticket items that we struggle with in America, they don't have. They do have high taxes. But you get a lot for your taxes, and um, Italy's been swamped by the pandemic. It's overwhelmed any medical system that possibly could exist. But in general, the medical system there is one of the top in the world, always one, two, or three if you look up world rankings. So quality of life, the food is the best. The food is so much better than anything I can even describe, the taste of the fruit, the uh, artisan traditions with the cheeses, the very care of growing the vegetables, uh, the wild herbs, everything. I think... um, See, now, Francis, you make me want to go... Francis, you make me want to go there, and I'm I'm stuck at home like everybody else. <laughs> but maybe a good I way to... I think it will be over soon. We... I, I hope we so. We can go soon. <laughs> I, I hope so, Francis. And, um, and, and maybe in the meantime, we can thumb through the pages of this beautiful book from National Geographic and from my guest, Francis Mays, called Always Italy. 
Um, Francis, we got to wrap things up, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and uh, the book and, and all of your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website, Francis? I do. It's francismaysbooks.com. It's pretty inactive right now because I'm not speaking anywhere or going anywhere, but it's there. And I am on pretty active on Instagram. It's Francis E. Mays. And um, I'm on Facebook. I have an author's page on Facebook. I'm pretty good at keeping up with those. Well, Francis, it's been great to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And thanks for sharing some uh, some of Italy with me and my listeners this morning. Well, you too. It was a pleasure for me. All right. Take care. That was uh, Frances Mays. She is the, uh, well, she was the author of um, a, a well-known uh, book called Under the Tuscan Sun that was made into a movie with Diane Lane. Um, and uh, now the new book is called Always Italy, where she has teamed up with National Geographic and um, and also Andine uh, um traveled with her. She's the... Uh, New York Times travel writer. They traveled all over Italy and compiled this book for National Geographic. And I've, uh, I'm looking at a copy of it now, and it's absolutely stunning, as all of the efforts from National Geographic tend to be. Um, anyway, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after this. <music> Staying here inside It's too dangerous Out in the world I'll see you on the other side When I'm in my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching And I'm missing you I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side on the other side We're all in for a bumpy ride I'll see you on the other side It's not the same without you here this phone so tight And I'll whisper you a goodnight kiss I'll see you on the other side When I crawl out of my cage When the world is purified I will find you and I promise this I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side on the other side and I'll meet you with arms open wide I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side and I'll meet you with arms open wide I'll see you on the other side 
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher 
before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing, or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say just a few words about North Carolina, my home state, possibly the finest state in this entire union. We got industry of all kinds, pretty country, raised corn, cotton, tobacco, peaches, peanuts, all like that. Got colleges all over the state, fine quality, pretty girls, and run off the finest white lightning made anywhere. <laughs> hey, I see you all ain't forgot your raising. <laughs> but it is. It, it's, uh, well, this, uh, this government stuff that you all use up here in New York and all, that'll kill you. <laughs> it will. You can't tell what's in it. Here last, uh, last New Year's Eve, I was up in New York, and uh, I, got, I got betrayed into drinking several, several folks' health. And uh, I was trying to be as, you know, as robust as I could about it. And uh, I kept on drinking their healths, friends, till I'll tell you the truth, my own pretty near become endangered. <laughs> but, well, now that's not true about white lightning. Now, you can tell what's in that because you can see through it. And I never shall forget my first swallow of it. I, I took a good one, and I swallowed her down, and she hit bottom. And, and my face turned red, and my eyes rolled back, and I gagged just a little bit. And then by and by, I got over it. And some of the boys says, how are you? And I says, boys, I'm doing fine, gaining ground all the time. And I think I've got her if she don't jump. <laughs> yes, sir. I says says, give me just a minute to rest and I'll try her again. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was one fella that lived there close to me there a while, a fella named Sam Wood. And he did, he made the best they was made anywhere around. But he had bad luck with it. He uh, seemed like every time he'd run off a batch, why he'd get caught. And he was on the county roads so long and got so old that they finally just put him to a cooking. And he was serving up the boys one night he is serving up a mess of creasy salad. That's turnip greens. It's, it's not really, I just don't know what else to call them. But he is serving them up and one of them called him back. Says, Sam, says, come in. Says, there's a lizard in my greens. <laughs> Sam looked back and forth and says, hush. Says, the others will want one too. <laughs> They might be good, fixed right. <laughs> Sam, he, uh, he used to, he had bad trouble with drinking a whole lot of it too. But uh, he quit about, oh, five, six, seven years ago. And I got to talking about it with him one time. I says, Sam, did you ever have the DTs? He says, boy, I had them when they first come out. <laughs> now, 
I'd like to report to you here that there is excellent progress going on all over down there, even in, in the most backwoods communities at home, they're getting all kinds of modern conveniences. There was a fella that worked at the same factory that I used to with my daddy there in Mount Airy, and he come in out of the mountains one morning just as mad as he could be. And he says, Carl, says the people up there in the mountains getting to act just like the people in town. Says there's a family of them up there close to us that started putting screens on their windows. <laughs> shutting the flies out on everybody else. <laughs> and, well, then too, I think this is pretty good. Uh, nearly all, nearly all of our local officials can read and write now. They can. And some of them do their own punctuating. They was, they was, they was one in particular that I remember, he was learning pretty good and he is down at the barber shop reading the paper and showing off. <laughs> and, well, he is, he is reading along and he says, uh, says, I see him while so-and-so paid the spring sacrifice. And the barber says, yeah, I heard where he is killed. Says, don't say he is killed, says he paid the spring sacrifice. <laughs> not very funny, I just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> and we are, we are thrifty. I'm proud of that. I had an uncle one time, he said he bought him a new pair of shoes off a fella. Said he paid three dollars and a quarter for them. Pretty brown shoes. And said he put them on and he was walking on uptown. And said he was walking along and said his left shoe commenced to hurt him a little. And he was limping just a little bit and said he was walking on and he passed one of his friends says, what are you limping for? He says, I bought these shoes and this left one's hurting me just a little. He says, why don't you cut them? He says, I ain't gonna cut these shoes. Says, I paid three dollars and a quarter for them. He kept on walking, there's a hurting worse and he got studying about that thing. And he got studying, maybe that fella had something about cutting that shoe. He says, I took my knife and I cut a little hole just about that size right where the sore was. And he says, yeah, you know, I wouldn't took three dollars and a quarter for that hoe. <laughs> well, <laughs> he told me that and I had to get up off the porch. <laughs> but now, them of you that has to live here in Washington, there's a whole lot to be admired about, about Washington too. Cherry trees, monuments, and everything like that. The main thing, though, that I admire about Washington are the pretty girls, and I'm bound to say that. They are as pretty and well-built as any I ever seen tried to fill a balloon dress. <laughs> and I love to look at them. My wife told me a long time ago, she says, you can look at the pretty girls, but don't you never touch them. And friends, I've tried to live by that. Of course, that throws me to do an extra lot of looking just to make up for that one handicap. <laughs> well, I reckon we might as well go right ahead and get right on into the service. Is the choir ready? All right. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Is 
like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well Unless you want to bid our free society farewell There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if we don't act quick and social distance It will mire us in a stretch of quarantine That lasts until July A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918, influenza had its run But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say If you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away Super damn important that we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation It's super damn important that we practice isolation If we don't do it then we're all gonna die If we don't do it then we're all gonna die So I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start If you get bored just think of the immunocompromised Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilised Contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine. The last until July, a super bad, transmittable, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to my guests, um, starting with this past hour, Francis Mays, who, working with National Geographic, came out just recently with um, Always Italy. Although, for Francis, it isn't quite always Italy. Sometimes it's North Carolina. And, of course, that was um, uh, Andy, Andy Griffith in the comedy Spotlight talking about his home state, North Carolina. Um, also want to say uh, thanks to Michelle Duster, who um, wrote the book about her great-grandmother, Ida B. Wells, called Ida B. the Queen. And my apologies if you tuned in for, um, in the second hour, we were supposed to talk with Scott Andrew, the author of The Rugged Entrepreneur, but we weren't able to connect, so instead we talked with Amra Sabish El Reyes about her book, uh, the cat with no name. In any event, uh, there's Smoke and George tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to uh, slide on down the hall to the living room. But uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program at 9 a.m. In the meantime, uh, have a great day, everybody, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, 
find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.